Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Verse 6, and at midnight a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Verse 8, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Verse 10. Uh, only 13 verses. Sorry about that. I think I said 19. Verse 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So just want to talk to you from my heart about this. Um, I think it was like late 19, you know, before many of us knew what was really going to hit us in 2020, this, this parable jumped off the pages. Obviously, I've read it many times, studying the word through the years. And, and, and I would say to date, it's probably one of my favorite. It's not that you really pit the word against the word. It's all the inherent word of God. But I just, out of all of Jesus' parables, it just, it's, I don't know, it's marked me in a way. And um, I think it's important. And hopefully this morning, so Matthew, I think 13, 52, somewhere in there says, instructors of the kingdom, bring forth old treasures and new ones. So this morning, I hope to do that. You know, I would encourage you just also as far as the word of God, you know, have you ever done this before? You're like, man, I know that passage. I've read it so many times. Like, let me go to something else. Have you ever done that? Like I, I've done that plenty. All y'all are like, yeah, no, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just me. No, but I would encourage you. Uh, like there's all, so this book, hopefully I don't waste too much time here, but this book is alive, not a cliche magnet for your fridge, it's really alive. Hebrews 4 said that this, the word of God is alive. So this book is literally at all times pulsating with the life of God. Like the Holy Spirit himself wrote this thing and he left it with us in the, this book. And so meaning one month you may go through this passage, next two months you come back through it and I promise you, you'll see it in a whole new way. And that's where the new treasures come. You always keep the old. And so this morning, I'm hoping to even bring forth new ones. But it's like, oh, my gosh, and a new season and a new way. And he just he keeps pulling the layers back. And so I want to encourage you guys practically when you read the word, say, Holy Spirit, you have to kind of get outside of your natural mind. If you like, I've read that book before. And like come in as a child again, because the childlike will inherit the kingdom. Say, Holy Spirit, show me you wrote this thing. Make it alive. Not so I can have a flashy new sermon. I want to know you. I want to be like you. I want to yield my life to you. Like, what do you, you know, and um, you would be shocked. It turns into like a pop-up book again, but you see things that are, you know. Um. So anyway, Matthew 24 leading to this, many of you know. And so, yeah, but the end of 19, sir, I was, burnt, I was preaching this. Anybody that followed us for any length of time, I preached it. And, um, and it was beautiful because we went into 2020 that forced the world into rest. 
and I believe like a new shift into the end time era of the Lord's return. And this narrative, I believe, jumped up again back to priority where it should be in the end of getting oil. So massive. And so real quick though, Matthew 24, many of us know, is the greatest chapter for an infrastructure of the end times, almost in all of the word of God. Chapter right before. And a lot of people don't think that, you know, like this, but Jesus, when chapters stop and start, it's not like Jesus just stopped talking that day. They went to get a lunch break and he came back. He was still talking. So when you go from Matthew 24 right into Matthew 25, he was just talking about the end times, the great tribulation, the return of the son of man. He goes, look, there'll be earthquakes. It's just the most craziest shift in conversation you see in almost like all of the word of God. He's like, look, boys, end's coming, going to be dark. He's not doom and gloom. It's just Isaiah 60, darkness will come, deep darkness cover the earth, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, the love of many will grow cold. Why, Lord? Oh, I'll tell you why lawlessness is going to increase like you've never seen. He's telling them this. And that's, how many of you know we're in that right now? Lawlessness is just shooting off like a rocket. And it's not because of anything other. The love of many grow cold because of lawlessness. That's why we've got to get oil, say burning. And um, so he's talking about all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he just shifts gears and goes right into the bridal paradigm. And it's the only parable I can find where the Lord attaches it to a time. It's so important. He, anyway, often he'll say, for the kingdom of heaven is like, listen, to, he talks about the kingdom of heaven over and over so many parables. Goats and sheep, this, that, and the other. But it's often generically. The kingdom of heaven is like this, meaning this is always what the kingdom of heaven is like. But on this one, he goes, end times, shaking, pestilence, famine, love of many growing cold, return of the Son of Man's coming. And then he, he, let's just say this pulpit, often I'll do this, is that window he's talking about, that, that time. Then he shifts gears and he goes, then, at that time, I'm telling you, watch, because the kingdom of heaven then is going to be like this. Meaning, in all of time leading up to them, the kingdom of heaven is not so much going to be like that. Does this make sense to you guys? But, but then, at that time, it shall be like this. There'll be ten virgins all in pursuit of a bridegroom. And what it's saying here is like in this last time era, the kingdom narrative is going to shift on the dime to this predominant purpose and goal. And I, I propose that all of us in some form or fashion, it'll look different from person to person, family to family, ministry to ministry, but in some form or fashion need to be found within this narrative. Otherwise, you, you'll be outside of what the kingdom of heaven is like now. Does that make sense? So let's say this even. This entire stage is the earthquakes, the shaking, the end times. It's happening simultaneously. So the Lord's saying, look, over here, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, love of many growing cold, lawlessness increasing. He goes, but then, when all that's happening, right then, just look out, because the kingdom of heaven, this pulpit, will be doing this. This will be the narrative of the kingdom of heaven. And I think what's going to happen often, I feel like we're one of these houses, and I, I want to be marked with this thing, where people, they're going to start to feel like we're out of touch we don't know. It, it's a totally different narrative. Do you hear it? The Lord's like, hey, all this is going on. Just so you know, though, the newsreel of heaven, the kingdom of heaven at that time will be like this, though. 
everybody's in pursuit of this bridegroom. Do y'all not know what's going on? You know, and, and people start to think you're inconsiderate. You're not inconsiderate. You know what's all going on, but just like, are you, do you know what's going on? There's a bridegroom so near. I have nothing else in, in mind. There is nothing else of value. They're a possessed group. They're different. And they're, I almost see it like a Q-beam of heaven shining on this ten, these ten virgins. And they're just mowing through all the shaking and all they care about. And they look a little bit like they've lost their marbles. Have you not heard? I think I heard, but man, are you kidding me? Are you looking what I'm looking at? Do you know who's near? There's a wedding feast. Like that's, you can see the two different narratives happening. And I love that. And I pray he'd pull us into this so strong. And even within it, you'll see a refined group of what we're trying to aspire to be. That's super important. So um, that first off super significant. And I, I would propose like he even do it this morning and more and more in our life. Pull us into this, Lord. Because if you're not careful, you'll get caught off into these things in the name of God. And some are called in certain ways, and, and I get that, and I think it's awesome. But be careful because you can, in the name of intercession and assignments and all this stuff, get caught off actually into the cares of this world. When the end time narrative, Jesus is like, pay attention. When all that's going on, I'm telling you, society and all this, these other kingdoms will be like this, but the kingdom of heaven, you ask, it's going to be just like this. This possessed group that they've committed to nothing else. They're all virgins. They have no covenants with anything. There's no other covenant they make anything with. They've, sh- they've saved themselves for this day. And then even in that group, there's a refined higher level tier that's going to get through a door. And I want to be in that group. And people, again, they're going to be like, man, why are you so out of touch? Do you not know? I'm not out of touch. I hear it, but it's a lot of noise. I'm going after one thing. And, and that's the other thing that's beautiful. It's like, that's why I think things are getting so simple in this hour. Things are getting real, real simple, very singular. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. They're after a bridegroom and the shepherd and the, no, he is all these things, but they're after one goal and mission to marry him. They're after this bridegroom and they're, you know, set apart in such a beautiful way. And so, um, real quick, some prophetic connections that are good. Um, 10, the number 10, because you're like, Lord, why did you pick 10 virgins? Um, is the number of a couple of things, prophetically, a journey. So when you see like tens and dreams and in the word, often it can speak of a journey you're on, which they're clearly on here, but also a time of testing. 10 speaks of testing, which the last hour is going to be, and if you don't have a lot of oil, you'll get exposed quick. Testing. You see uh, Daniel 1, Jesus says, test us for 10 days with vegetables, see that we be fit. Revelation 2, Jesus says, look, the devil's going to persecute you, test you for 10 days. It's a, it's a testing number. And so there's 10 of them on a journey, through, speaking of on a journey, but in a season of testing, that I believe is beautiful because in this last hour journey of testing leading to the Lord's return, it's going to either prepare you and make you ready or expose you and sift you and move you. One of two things are going to happen. There is no more middle ground at the end. It gets removed fast. And either you let the test prove you true and refine you and purge you and get the mixture out to be that virgin ready, or it's going to expose you and you'll find yourself on the other side of this door we see in a minute. And, um, and I love that even. There's just so much here. 
The Lord says that this story, we just read it. It shows a group that makes it through and a group that the door gets shut on. And that's what Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. I think it's healthy to know that the kingdom of heaven is not everybody gets a trophy. These verses are all throughout the word. Doesn't everybody make it through the door? Well, God's so good, brother. Yes, he is beyond what we can ever imagine, conceive or think. But the, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, take it to the bank. There's going to be a door that shuts on half and half get through. Like that's the narrative of heaven. I was like, whoa. Um, but so another fun thing to look at is in um, First Kings, because you start to look at why 10 and split 5 and 5, Lord, in this, this end time paramount parable. But right outside of Solomon's temple, you have 10 wash basins split five and five. Five on the north, five on the south, outer courts. I just think there's a lot of prophetic here. I don't know. I want to ask the Lord one day if he was connecting them prophetically. You get into the inner court, and then you have 10 lampstands, five and five, on the left and right split. But then you go into the Holy of Holies, and I feel like that's the door into the wedding feast. Who's going to make it in out of the 10? Five and five. And... um. So you, you have that, and then um, now five of them are wise. Here goes my, my uh, prop for a visual, and I, I'll give it away if anybody wants it at the end. We got legit old-school lamps like they had. And beef jerky from my crusade still in my back. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants that, but it's not a part of the prop. Uh, so... So the, the coffee's going to mess it up, huh, visually? So basically, ten virgins, you know, lamps, everything's there. And we're going to find in a second the only thing that matters in this last hour is this, though. It has nothing to do with the lamps or the wick or how you burn, whatever you think you burn. It's this right here. So many people are overlooking this. Extra oil. So I'm just going to talk to you from my heart. But now five of them are wise, Jesus said. Five were foolish. They all had their lamps, it says, and went out to find the bridegroom. And uh, that, there's so much there because if you, first off, if you need a lamp, I lit it at the house, actually, it works. It's so sweet. I was going to light it in here, but then a still small voice was like, <laughs> you got sprinkler systems, you know. Everybody's showered and, and I don't know how we, you know, but it works. So, but if you've got to, first off, bring your lamp stand uh, to find the bridegroom, it shows you're already leaving it when it's dark. It shows the increased times of darkness when the Lord's going to come right at that climatic point. Meaning they're kind of like would be the modern day flashlight. If we're leaving today, we're not bringing our flashlight going to lunch. But the sun sets and it's dark, you take it. And they, scholars study and show that the lamps of their time burn for about four hours. Three to four, meaning let's say they left 8 p.m. It's already dark, and they're, they're trying to find their way. It lights right out of a wick to the bridegroom. And as we read, it says they fell asleep. Because of his delay, there's, a, there's so much there. And at midnight, a cry came, the bridegroom is coming. So first off, at midnight speaks of the darkest hour the darkest hour prophetically, but also I think it's important to note at midnight, he's still coming. He hadn't even got there yet. 
And it says, and when he was, while he delayed, meaning not if he delays, he's, it's going to feel that way. I believe the times are going to get so dark and trying. Again, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I just love the word. But it's going to seem as though the Lord's like, hurry up. Come, Lord Jesus. Part of it's going to be that burning passion of love for the cry out. Part of it's going to be like, the times are dire. Like, what are you waiting on? Because it it's clearly shows, a it seems like a delay. And... Um, but I love that the Lord says, uh, I, I want to come to the floor. Is that cool? I'll just leave my notes if I, you know, got some cool phrases and stuff, but hopefully they'll just come to me. Um, but he says, five foolish. The only difference is the extra oil. We'll see in a second. Five foolish, five wise. All of them are searching. All virgins set apart all of them. Like I'm telling you, there's going to be people in the last hour that had a single eye. They're not in the, the end time narrative. They want him. But still, they don't have extra oil. This is so key. And the Lord says, the wise, he, he literally hinges the whole passage on this though, not the lamp, not how flashy it burns, not what your call is, how you can prophesy. This right here that nobody sees. And um, they fall asleep you know, in his delay, midnight, the cry comes and, uh, all of a sudden they get up as we read and it says they all trim their lamps. This is super important right here. I was looking into it more. So out of these lamps, there's a, a wick that goes in. And I know many of you know this, some of you may not. And the oil comes up the wick to burn like a candle. And so the, what's, what's really burning is the oil, not the wick. You ever seen like a candle? You're like, how does that little thread stay there so long? Because it's not the rope actually burning. It's the, can, it's the wax going up. And that's why it goes so slow. Well, same thing with these. The oil is what's burning. It like causes this kind of vaporization to draw up the wick and it burns the oil, not the wick. So real quick, I, I feel like often even the foolish virgins that have lamps and wicks and all this because they both woke up, trim their wicks. They trim their lamps. If you study it too, like people that are really good at trimming wicks, they, they can trim them just so to where they're rounded and cause an even flame to last longer. Like they've even get down to like how they trim it, which I feel like speaks of being well-rounded. A really well-rounded wick, if they trim it just so, the flame burns perfectly even and it burns longer and all this. But I think there's going to be a bunch deep in religion, knowledge, knowing God, but denying the power thereof, not digging out the trenches of oil in the secret place. There's no real deep intimacy there. And what happens when you burn a lamp with no oil, that wick does burn. It, it's just like burning a rope. It burns out fast. And so I did want to highlight that, that I feel like often you hear of burnout, people burning out. It's one, you can take it to the bank. When you burn out, you have no oil. People are like, well, there's, there's just, it was time management. It was just that and the other. Look at Jesus' schedule. He, he was so busy, he, had, he didn't have time to eat. If burnout happens, you can take it to the bank. It's, it was the lack of oil. Still trying to burn a lamp with no oil. And then that wick actually does much. It'll burn up fast, almost, you know, like a rope. So super key, the, the oil is where it's at. The Lord's like, look. 
And I think in the last hour, too, if you look at surface level, we're going to see people and they're like, they're set apart. They live pure. They're virgins. They have lamps. The lamps are burning so well-rounded. Look at their theology. Man, they know the truth. Man, they know the word. Very well-rounded. It lights well. But the oil and proving thereof is only going to show in the dark hour that we're in and the delay. That's where you get exposed. Everybody looked good until that window happened. Then they wake up and, you know, trim their wicks, ready to light them again, but they're out of oil. And they look to the wise ones and say, what's up, young man? You play football in the blue shirt right here? I could tell you are so old, man. I wouldn't want, <laughs> I wouldn't want to get in front of you. Linebacker, look at me in the prophetic linebacker. So you take out running backs, quarterbacks, all of them. Anybody? Yeah. Good man. Good man. You're on my team. I'm on your team. Anyway, but like at, at midnight, when the cry happens, a foolish look to the wise. Oh, and I thought of a funny story. Don't let me forget it. It sort of applies. I think it'd just be, be fun, man. I remembered. Look to the wise and they go, oh my gosh, I'm out of oil. And this speaks of so much. Look, I, I, it doesn't say explicitly in scripture, but I see it one of two ways or both. When they left the house, the decision was made way back then. The decision was made way back then. You look, all of us have lamps. If you're born again in here, you have a lamp. But the wise one says, oh, no, we're going to find the bridegroom? I can't chance. This is my whole, whole reason I'm, I'm living right here. Like this journey? Are you kidding me? He's near? Like this is, this is it. This is it. I can't risk anything. on the, I'm, I'm bringing, and this is just a fun one. I got order. I feel like they were like stacking, you know, fanny packs full of or whatever. Like this one, I don't care if we're going on a month journey. I'm not missing this one. All of my, I'm putting every, all my chips are in this basket here. Oh no, I know lawless hearts are going cold. No, I know all that. But you're getting me very near right now. Very near. Not a chance is this thing running out foolish. What happens is, I feel like some of them had oil extra to bring. But if you have anything else in you that's still attached to this, this world, you'll leave it behind. Because you're now thinking like, but what if? What if, you know, he doesn't end up coming or whatever. I, I need to have oil still, still for when I, I get home to burn for another day. You, you have other, are you following me? You don't, you're not all in. Or you aren't willing to pay the price to have that reservoir built up anyway in that time. And this speaks of people, and again, please don't take this. Um, you guys know my heart. I pray just stir up a hunger in us like, oh yeah, whoa. You know, uh, Tracy had an incredible word of knowledge earlier, saw it while we were praying with the worship team. It just renews our mind and, and you know, sets in a good burning, we get marked. But having not extra oil speaks of the typical daily devotion type connection to God, just enough for that day. Okay, I get a Kleenex, sorry. Um, just enough for that day, meaning just enough oil to burn me, to get me to the three-hour mark, and then I'll start again tomorrow. I don't have extra, you know. Just uh, enough food for the day, just a, a, a tank of gas to get me from here to there. And a lot of people for a life, they live on that fumes. Wise virgins, they, is, 
they're so in love with him, they're not even trying so much, but by default, because of the, the depth of plunging into him, anything you hear come out of the Lord's mouth as far as being with him is always abide, dwell. He who abides in my word is my disciple. John 15, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall be covered. We, and so th those are deep, sustaining, abiding words. And I feel like when we get into the secret place, what produces oil is that time, consistency of being with him in his word and presence. And if you have just enough to burn for that day, you're living off of day-to-day, -day, um, you know, devotion, whatever it may be. And so I feel like there's a couple things going on there. They had actual oil they could have brought, but weren't willing to risk it. Thought, hmm, maybe let me leave some behind. Whereas the wise ones are like, are you kidding me? I, and we'll, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll see in a second. If we don't go all in for the actual oil now, it can cost you everything in eternity. Probably not salvation, but the highest goal of why we're even here. This whole thing, we're hitting a different angle in our school right now, but this whole thing's about this marriage one day. You can see it, man. It's on the Lord's heart. And so um, these wise virgins, they, uh, in the foolish, they wake up. They look to them and say, hey, can I have some of your oil? Meaning my flashlight batteries went dead and I can't see far enough to get to him in this darkest time. And you'd say, oh, the Christian thing to do, lay my life down for another. Give and it'll be given to you. Someone asks you, for, even your enemy asks you for the shirt off your back, give it to him. Not in this hour. That's just how vital this is. Wise versions that the Lord says, wise, he says, oh, heck no. <laughs> my version, not, not in this hour. You don't get, no. They're like, are you kidding me right now? This is the only substance that gets me to him. Go buy your own. This is where you get real selfish. But it's not really selfishness. It's just, it's marriage. It's covenant. It's union. You, you know, and so you see this here. This is the only part really where scripture condones, like, no, keep your own. Number one. Number two, I think more importantly is, you can't give your oil to anybody else. It's got to be bought by yourself. Like, like Shireen, she, she can't give you her oil. Tommy, you know, Eva, like, like Chris, you, you can't, the oil produced in the secret place of knowing him, you can't even give it anyway if you tried. Does that make sense? It's an intimate thing carved out in being with him. And it's produced in time. Um, I like to just, for imagery's sake, think of every time you get into the word and pray. The, we have like these facade olive trees by the front door, but this, this, uh, these olives, did I ever tell you guys about me and Todd stealing the olives in Israel? Okay. <laughs> it just came to me. Rabbit trail. Anyway. No, not stealing. That's bad. We, 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 <laughs> forgive me, Lord. We blessed ourselves with them. <laughs> the favor of the Lord enabled us to. Yeah. <laughs> but every time you're in prayer and uh, in the word, it's like those trees, those olive trees of your life that bring the connection to, from you to him. It's like they mature. The fruit ripens in the shaking of his glory. That weighty glory begins to pull them off the tree and they begin to drop one at a time. And you don't know what's happening. Just 
just in the word, man. And, and uh, our law is looking at him, and you don't know what's happening. And that kabod of glory starts to press down on the olives of your life, and oil comes out, and more oil, and abiding and dwelling in more oil, and abiding and residing and dwelling in more oil. And then all of a sudden, you wonder where you've got reservoirs of oil around you, and you would love to give them away, but you can't because they're intimate and one-on-one with him. The bridal paradigm, it's so singular. How many other people, sorry to get, but you guys get it in a pure, pure mindset. How many other people are in the room when a husband and wife become one? Nobody. It's one-on-one. Same way oil is produced. One-on-one. And uh, so these wives, they've been doing this. Not out of have to, out of like he's my everything. I don't know anything else. And you'll see in a second that the only thing that will get you through the end time door to the wedding feast is oil. It's not even the lamp. I don't care how flashy your lamp is. I feel like many people in the natural, their lamps don't look so impressive, may not even trim their wick too well. But they've got so much oil, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like somebody with a vehicle that burns all kind of gas fast and it's just not efficient at all. But if they got endless gas stations supply, what does it matter? You know what I mean? And, um, oh, this is the funny story I was remembering. And then we'll get back and, and pray. But, but maybe we'd be wise virgins in this hour. It is the end time narrative. I'm telling you, if we were like, had a news channel of heaven we could click on, you'd click on the worlds and it would show, it would show. Darkness, nonsense, chaos. I don't give a rip. Do I love humanity? Oh, yeah. Do I burn for the lost? Oh, yeah. But the narrative of, of the world, I could care, I could care less. I don't, I don't really care. Click, newsreel of heaven. You'll see these 10 virgins looking for a bridegroom. Has nothing to do with what the world's doing. We're going to get him. We're gonna, and the wise ones are like, oh yeah, fanny packs. Oil. Oil. Delay as long as you want. I've got, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. And you can see this whole passage hinges around this. Having extra. This right here at the end assesses whether you're wise or foolish. Foolish virgins, they busy themselves with so, other, so many other things, they don't have time to get an extra oil, just enough for the day, just enough for that short to midnight, and then it burns out. Wise virgins is like, man, because of the, the same time, and, and this is something else you can't just brush up on quick at the end and run off and buy some. It's got to be a lifestyle. But, um, yeah, so this was, this was funny. We... Um, Sort of connects. It's just, it was fun though. We, in Louisiana, we, a hurricane came through and um, uh, not, power went out, all this. And so my parents had a generator. That's what it is. You'll remember the story. We, we laugh about it now. So we're like, hey, camping out at parents' house. They got a generator. And we're like day one, day two, no power. Typically power comes back on and like, you know, at least third day or something. And uh, my, my, myself, my children, even my grandmother, she's amazing, my mom's mom, she, she recently went on and incredible. Um, we're all over there. And uh, I remember the neighbors, I think it was a custom home my dad built. They lived in at the time on a golf course. So we're like, didn't miss a beat. We're over there baking cakes and just eating and everybody's like sweating, coming over. How oh, y'all have power? You know, we're like, you don't have a generator. <laughs> you know, we, you know, I remember it was funny. You feel bad. And like, we're just living the life. 
But what's funny is my dad, it was awesome. He, there was a Canadian geese that would be on the golf course. And he'd feed them. And the, the bread, he's feeding them. And they're all in heaven. And we're just doing life. But there's just no power out in the whole city. And it, we fed them all the bread. No worries. We'll go get more bread tomorrow. Power's still out. Day three. Day four. Power's out a whole week. All of a sudden, there's no bread in the entire city. No food, nothing. No, some food, but it was like rations. They had guards with like M16s at Walmart. It was like crazy, like, like letting a few people in at a time. And we're like, oh my gosh, we gave all the bread to the geese, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. So we're like, man, not so smart now, you know. And it just sort of connected because it was fun. Like you, if you don't plan and have, you know, storage for the end. So what was funny is um, it was out for like two weeks. It was, was it Gustav? Yeah, I don't know if anybody in Louisiana remembers Gustav. Yeah, it was brutal. It smashed us. And what's funny is with hurricanes, it's horrible. In Louisiana, you probably aren't as familiar up here, but what they do is they always put these names on them. And it's horrible, though, because the poor people with the name of the hurricane, <laughs> like for, they're forever marked, you know? <laughs> like you remember Katrina came through. And so anybody named Katrina in Louisiana, people are like, yeah, Katrina, you know? <laughs> they're like, I'm not the hurricane. You're like, yeah, but you named it, you know? You could just feel it. Like, I don't know why they do that. <laughs> they should just number them or something. But anyway, uh, so this is funny. Me and my dad are like, jackpot, light bulb goes off. We're going to raid my grandmother's pantry because she was with us. So we sneak over, and she, towards the end there, was kind of having some Alzheimer's or whatever. I think this may have been it. And so we go into her pantry. We're like, she's got four boxes of Cheez-Its. This is amazing. She'll never know. We'll just take the ones off the back and, you know, I'm teasing. We, we would tell her, but we raided her pantry and, uh, and we supplied and got through. But, you know, this is more of a fun story. But in the end, you know, the reservoir of oil through knowing him, um, so, so vital and um, absolutely necessary. So, you know, you see at midnight, they cry. He's coming. They get up. And they leave to go buy more oil because this is a couple of things. Number one, you can't give it away, your oil. I mean, husbands and wives can't. If your parents are amazing men and women of God, it, their oil is not going to be sufficient for you on that day. Um, but also, you know, you've got to go eat your own. Also, this is just healthy to note that you have to buy it. Oil is costly. So they had to go buy it. I love that Revelation 3, Jesus says, buy from me gold refined by fire. You know, of course, when we're so caught up in love with him, it seems like there's no price. But often there is, if we're honest, the Bible says in regards to prayer, Jesus, that the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So sometimes it's, it's even that lifestyle of telling the flesh no and, and until you dig out a trench of just knowing him and it becomes the way of life. He is the manna and this oil is constantly produced. And so in this hour, like I would put all the chips in the basket of knowing him, let all the other stuff fall in place. And actually the, um, the oil actually by default makes all the other stuff happen effortlessly anyway, as far as destiny. But I did want to, um, quote this thing that came to me and then, um, Maybe we'll play that video, and then maybe, Mariah, if you don't mind helping us, just however you feel led.
see if I can find it, or I may put it in my phone. But let me, I've got a lot of notes here, but let me just say this. The mere daily devotion life of getting just enough for oil for the day is the lifestyle of a foolish virgin. I'm not touching on this, but just the deep abiders day in and day out of his presence in his word or the wise virgins. It seems subtle, but it's what nobody else sees. Everybody else sees the lamps, the burning bright, this and other, but a lot of people don't pay attention to the oil being built up. Um, This one quote I was trying to find. Yeah, I mean, this is another one, but as you see towards the end, they all um, awake, cry, that's where we left off at. And Jesus comes, while the, the foolish we know are going to buy more oil, and there's a doorway there. And Jesus says, clearly, it's, it actually says in the word, that the wise virgins with extra oil, it calls them as those who were ready. The only thing that's going to prove you ready and prepared as a virgin, as a bride for the bridegroom, is extra oil, not your lamp, not how bright it burns, how flashy it is, how amazing your prophetic is. Seriously, none of that's going to, it's going to be, do you have extra oil or not? That's the only thing that gets you through the door. It's the only, the whole parable hinges around this extra vessel. And um, you see that, so like say a doorway opens, the foolish go off, come back, and it says the door is shut. They come back. The foolish versions say, Lord, Lord, let us in. And he says, you know, surely I do not know you. And the door shut forever. I do want to highlight this real quick. I feel like there's these type doorway installments in the life of a believer that constantly are there and will get through doors a lot faster if we carry extra oil. These are what approves you and shows you ready to go into next chapters and phases of destiny. At midnight, too, even speaks of a new day. Doorways speak of transition into other places. We know this is the final door, but I feel like prophetically in life, destiny, there's doorways that constantly present themselves, and we come up to them often. I've done this before, and we don't have extra oil, and you can't get through. You got to go around the mountain one more time. Come back to the door again, and the Lord's wanting you to come through. Oh, you don't have extra oil? You're just doing the day-by-day thing? You can't get through. And what happens is a lot of people don't want to pay the price because you have to buy oil. It's not going to fall on your lap. It costs you. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jeremiah 23, his, you know, uh, the day we seek him with all of our heart, that's the day we'll find him. But what happens is if you come to a door and a door of destiny and you have no extra oil, you can only make lateral moves. This is what a lot of people do their whole Christian life. You can't progress forward. You got to make a lateral move and say, God told me this was prophetic. You saw that sign and you just keep jumping all these transitions and see this new thing. And and you're just going lateral in the spirit. The Lord's going, I'm looking for a bride. I'm trying to marry. And the only way she's getting through that door, you're going to move forward is oil. We don't want to be a lateral. Foolish versions make lateral moves all the time. Boom. Boom, and it feels good, and people will think I've got something else, and you know, it's like, okay, I don't want that. I don't need more. I'm trying to go simple. I'm trying to go bridegroom and him only. I don't need, there's no other trails. I need extra oil, and when I hit that door, I need to be ready. And I'm telling you, the Bible is so clear, the only way, there is no other way. And thank God we all have been gifted that. Isaiah, dude, I'm telling you, man, I always feel drawn to you. There's a call on your life, bro. He's going to use you so powerfully, man. You, d- you dig in his word. 
You know what I mean? He's gonna make you a man of integrity. And you're gonna step through and wonder, well, like, man, why are these young men following me? I just found myself loving Jesus more, detaching from the things of this earth. It's, that's what he's doing in this generation. They, they don't care about anything. So they're a little bit brainwashed and off in the mindset of everybody else. They, they don't care. They know it. I hear it. But oil is what steps forward. No oil, you burn out fast and you just make lateral moves. I'm good on lateral. I'm good. I don't want to see the same side of the mountain every year, you know? And um, so it's so good. But this one quote I had, it's in my phone. It was mega cool. But um, basically, I don't remember the exact wording, but, but um, or did I put it in here? Oh, no, my phone's in here. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Because cause remember with the foolish virgins, I believe they either had extra oil they weren't willing to bring, they didn't count the cost, or they didn't have enough, they had to go back and buy more. But the wise virgins had the extra oil to progress through. And so I have here that which, listen to this closely too, that which you supply oil for now is what you will marry in eternity. Meaning wherever your oil supply is now, you can take it to the bank. That's what you will marry forever in eternity. So if your oil's on this side of the door, still back at the house, your extra oil, or still at a booth, you have to buy this way, that door's going to shut and you're married at this level forever. Does that make sense to you guys? But you, have you been tr digging the trench of loving him, knowing him extra oil, you slip through the door and you marry him forever. And I don't want to get to heaven one day on the outskirts. Scripture's not real clear, but there's enough in there to show you there'll be different tiers and levels of proximity in, with him. I want to be Laodicean church, whoever comes and sits with him on his throne. And that's only extra oil, folks. You don't have extra oil, you're not sitting with him on his throne. I'll never forget, I heard about this uh, pastor got taken to heaven once and he was shown, and we'll land it here, he was shown, he was going around heaven literally and he was seeing like these apartments, not that amazing in heaven where a lot of people were and he was seeing big name preachers in there. He was blown away. But so and so, with this amazing ministry, that amazing ministry, in, in the outskirts of heaven, and the angel began to show him like, oh yeah, no, they cared about this or they, their more interest was this and the cares of the world and whatever. And then he would see closer into the proximity of heaven. He came back from that encounter and sold all, like flipped his whole ministry. He was a mega church, this guy that went. It totally shifted his narrative of heaven. And um, just want to encourage us in this last hour, like do all that, you know, in all you're getting, get wisdom, understanding. Oh yeah, follow the Lord we're going to teach and preach it all, but may it be said of us, like our, say we pass on before he returns. May they look at our casket and it say he or she had extra oil. Like you want that. I'm telling you, that's, that's where it's at. It's the investment. Not so popular, but that's what the Lord's after. And so, so we should be as well. But um, if you want to stay. I love this one too. This one also came to me. Um, the, and, and again, not for out of, just to hopefully for to hit the heart. Um, the more oil you have, the more dead you live. 
and this is beautiful because the, it really works. The more all you have in any given season, the more dead you, you live. I know that's a kind of oxymoron, but you're dead. You, those with more oil is what try to offend them. It's not going to happen. You ever seen a dead person like just try and slap them and offend them or spit in their face? They're like, <laughs> it's something about extra oil. You just live dead. People offend you. Yeah, okay, that's, did that feel good? Okay. The bridegroom, they reject you like, okay, or you seem upset. I don't know what you even just said, but anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the bridegroom, the, the more oil you have, the more dead. You, you're dead to everything else except that one narrative. And then anybody else that dares get near you and have a listening ear, you're going to pull them in. You're like, hold on, no, no, listen, listen. Get their, look, look, get oil. Get oil. I'm telling you, don't trust in your lamp in this hour. Don't trust in that wick. I know you, to, you know how to trim it well. You know the verses. I know your theology is so wow and well-rounded. Don't, don't put everything <laughs> in that bank account. What you need to save right now is oil because that's what actually keeps that burning. You know, it's not about your ministry, your gift, whatever. It's the, it's the oil. And that the only thing, um, the only way that can be produced is in knowing him and loving him.